there in my presence the biggest one But even though I'm always right by your punch bowl I'm not the one whose entrance warrants a drum roll I don't like when you're looking at him You get this big fat stupid looking ear to ear grin him. I know that longing look in your eyes Saying if he don't know doesn't mean you can't fantasize But when the lights off and they bring out dessert then You pause and smile and my heart won't stop hurting Happy birthday come on blow out the candles You're taking too long deciding what wish to make Happy birthday come on blow out the candles Before the wax drips down and ruins the cake Because nobody likes to eat those wax drips Go on and do it we all know what you wish is But you say wish me luck and head over where he stands And you go to him and smile and chat While I'm just standing here in my conical party hat If only I'd set out loud how I feel for you But Hallmark says it's so much better than I do I know you want us just to be friends But how could you ask him to help me when this all ends And I can't believe you forgot so soon Who put the streamers up and who helped blow up your balloons Who brought the chips and dipping soda and brownies It wasn't him, it was me, 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 me Happy birthday, come on, blow out the candles You're taking too long, deciding what wish to make Happy birthday, come on, blow out the candles Before the wax strips down and ruins the cake Because nobody likes to eat those wax strips Go on and do it, we all know what you wish is My name is Jordan Dwight, and that was me playing the song Happy Birthday. I played that as a special request for our special, not exactly celebrity, because I don't think a lot of people know who you are, unfortunately, but our special benefactor guest, who we've talked about her on every podcast for the last bunch of podcasts, or at least we've mentioned her, as we are obligated to do so. This is June T. Loveburger of the June T. Loveburger Charitable Trust. Yes, that's me. I'm Dr. June T. Loveburger of the June T. Loveburger. Dr. Doctor, yes, Doctor June T. Loveburger of the June T. Loveburger Charitable Trust, and um, thank you very much for having me on the show, Mister White. She asked me to play that song. That's apparently her favorite of my songs. Yes, it is. Uh, is that because it is? Uh, you are someone who has a birthday. I am someone who has a birthday. Um, so you can connect to it. Yes. In addition to June, of course, we do have our, our two regular co-hosts, which is to say, uh, Mister. First of all, Mister Frank Allen. Hello. Jordan, thank you for having me on the show, as always. I mean, you have to, again, obligated contractually for that as well. Yes, but as I showed, I'm, I'm willing to fudge that if uh, if I feel like that's it. That's not... Well, that you, I don't know why you want to admit that. That's not in the spirit of the law, so... Well, well okay, but uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, moving on, we also have uh, our other normal co-host, which is to say, uh, extra historian and boyfriend of Miss June T. Loveburger. I'm sorry, Dr. <laughs> June T. Loveburger. Uh, Mr. Rory Sinhan. Well, uh, why do I, I, that's not one of my... You know, you don't. It's not on my CV. You don't have to say that as my introduction. Well, no, but it's true, right? I mean, June. Um, I, I don't know why we need to discuss this right now. On, well, we on discussed the it last week, and I thought this would be a good. I mean, you're here now, well, so it's a good to follow. We, listen, we've never met one of Rory's girlfriends before. Well, uh, do you think maybe there's a reason? I, I thought there was a reason, which is that he doesn't have a lot of girlfriends. That's not what he told me. But that, that's, that's, that's whoa, whoa, that's Rory, is this true? That's besides the point. Well, I mean, this I, is a I, look, you know, This is a professional relationship on the 
program. But you I'm have very more interested than a in Rory's work, and that's but that's not important. The important aspect of our relationship is not a romantic part. It's it's the spiritual connection that we feel, and it's the it's the passion that we well, feel yeah. about extra history and about about one another. It's not about just a. All right. Well, listen, June. I mean, it's nice of you to say that, but I think we all know Rory. We all know extra history. You can admit if you would like on, on this show you're safe among us and I think you can admit that it seems much more likely that you like Rory and so you humor his nonsense extra history as as, as because you like him that's not the case you don't like him no no I like him I just yes, it's not the case that me. I it's not the case that I'm humoring him about the extra history I very much believe in extra history that's how we found each other is because we both care about extra history and frankly our relationship runs much deeper than just me humoring him for some romantic uh, situation. Yes, June's very serious about extra history. You know, not everyone is like you, some sort of extra history skeptic, Frank. Um, some people take it to heart and know that it is the foundation of all ethical decision making in this world. And would I donate this kind of money to it if I didn't believe in it? That's, that's well, again, if almost you, if insulting. You, I mean, would you give money to your boyfriend if, I mean, I would imagine you would if you're rich enough. Sure. I didn't give money to my boyfriend. I gave money to the cause of extra history. Yeah, I mean, technically to this she wonderful money to podcast, me. Yeah, she gave it to which, me. She just told me I could only spend it on her boyfriend. To this wonderful podcast, which furthers extra history and lends credibility and does so much for the cause of helping people better understand extra history. But I'm, and I'm only allowed to spend it on extra history, not on the other. And that's wonderful. Why is that? What, but I mean, again, we do other good stuff. I mean, don't you like the, the serials that we do and well, the host segments that we do? And, I do. I, I like them as entertainment, but and they're not. And could be better entertainment if we had some. They, I don't know if you know, I was offered quite a lot of money by the Jules Bambi Instructional Society. And all I had to do would be renounce all extra history and say that it was bogus, which I think is true. But for Rory's benefit, because he's a friend of mine and I care about him, I didn't do it. Well, I... I appreciate that you didn't do that. But well, the, no, but my point is that that would have been money I could have spent on all parts of the show. And this is money that is only going to Rory. It's just getting funneled directly into his studies. All of the other parts of your show, I, I very much enjoy them. But all of the other parts of your show are entertainment parts of your show. The extra history part of your show has real educational value it's, that is really worth it for public money to be going to it. For, for charitable money Did to be going to it. public money? Charitable money. Money. I, well, I mean, I get, you know, I get a tax write-off. You get a tax. Oh, you get a write-off. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like there's the, right. not my taxpayer money is not paying no, 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 for no, no, my no, own no, show. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, I don't mind paying for my own show, but not just for it's, the Rory section. Of it's show. a charitable donation. And and so it's in the public interest. You're it's, saying it's in the public interest that Rory gets to fly here and stay over at your house. Yes. Wait, what? I, that's not what the money's going for. So that he could fly here and stay. Well, over Well, that is at what I'm house. actually it's, spending the money on a lot of the time. Right, but it's you're spending money on it so that he can appear you're, on the program. Yes, you, you're you're misrepresenting the whole thing. When you spend the money, you spend money on airline tickets. Yes, a few me meals here and there, and you spend money more money to uh, confess on the, the amazing celebrities that I get to do celebrity where are they now in history am i am i right well we do yes we do pay their celebrity fees their appearance fees but no buts no buts that's that's the bulk of the money so june right. that's that's absolutely only up and up. that's at least what um roy has been reporting to me yes and, and so so you're saying that then when he stays there for a few days after recording the show you're you're spending all the money on him your own right. personal money of course because i wouldn't this has no money for himself. the money so is you, in you, the public you pay interest. everything for him in other words you are keeping him as like a pet well, um, not that there would 
be anything wrong with it if he were, but he's 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 absolutely not. No, I'm not. A, no, no, I'm not a pet actually. So, but if I were, I mean, I, w- I would say Juden is very respectful to animals, so I would be respected very well. That's absolutely correct. Uh, why? Why? What do you mean you're very respectful to animals? Oh, oh, is this about the vegetarian thing? Yeah, Rory told us that now for the new year he's a vegetarian. Yes, that's true. Yes, and uh, because I feel happy. strongly. So. Right, and I, I'm very, very happy for him that he, that he managed to um, be able to make this great sacrifice for the betterment of uh, all species. Yeah, and go, going against his own evolution and uh, what is, comes naturally. We have a responsibility to treat other creatures with respect. It's not a matter of evolution, but since we have evolved to the point that we have risen above the mentality that believes that it is all right or acceptable to eat other living beings or other living sentient beings, that it's our duty to to use that knowledge that we have to better all living creatures. And it's okay for him to keep wearing those leather shoes and belt. Well, you know, it's, it's a gradual process. There are some things that it's hard to let go of, and I don't think that it's really causing that much of a problem on this earth for him to continue wearing the shoes that he has already bought. I told you. See, I told you. She told me it would be all right. So. I mean, it in time. I mean, every, everything in time. But when they yes. wear out, I'll get, you know, I don't know, rubber rubber boots. I don't know. What what, what would I wear? I'll, I'll get you something. Uh, it's just, it, I will admit, though, it's a little strange because Rory, as you you may remember, well, I guess probably not because I don't think you knew him back then, but Rory used to be quite rich and now he is completely bankrupt. Are you aware of this? Were you aware of his legal troubles? I was aware that he was bankrupted, yes. Right. And so... so and, he- and I'm aware that he has a lot of potential to make that back. He's a very intelligent person with a lot of potential. I don't think that he is going to be bankrupt and sleeping at my mansion for all of his life. I well, don't think that. Oh, sure. Well, here's the thing, though. He's been held legally responsible for the destruction of Japan, so he can be as intelligent as he wants. The more money he makes, the more money that they take from him for Japan. Yes, well, I, I, but that, again, I didn't... It was not really my fault, so... There are limits to that. I mean, they can't just continue to take all of his money for the rest of time. Yeah, and I'm yeah, sure yes. that there's a way that we could work around that. I'm I'm sure. Rory is a very intelligent person and he has a lot of potential and he's somebody who a lot of people would find very valuable. In fact, I think a lot of people do find him quite valuable. You see, I have value as a... So the point is, I'm a very... After a few years, they stop taking the money and then I get to make my own money again. And for now, I get to, you know, enjoy the benefits of the fact that I have a, a lovely, uh, by which I mean both in appearance and in nature... Lady friend who will... You flatter me. Yes, of course. And who uh, who will buy me whatever I, I desire or need. Well... Within reason. Uh, well, uh, wow, good for you. Okay. Uh, huh. So let's talk about the vegetarianism a little bit more. I, you know, I feel bad about the fact that animals die when I eat, but I also think they are so good and like, I don't want to stop eating them. Jordan, I believe that you can overcome those destructive desires that you have though, because people have all kinds of desires to do destructive things. And I understand sometimes you get, you almost get addicted to doing something just because it feels good, but sometimes you just have to make some sacrifices for the greater good of all creatures. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of self-centered, isn't it? No. How do you say that? Because it's saying that creatures are better than non-creatures. That's like racist. How is that racist? Why, you know, why doesn't anybody care about plants? People care about plants, but well, plants don't have the same, they don't have feelings the way that, that living creatures do. I I can look at a dog and if I like smacked it or something, it would get upset just like a person would. But a plant doesn't do that. You know, that's 
That's what the Nazis said about the Jews. No, they didn't say that if you hit a Jew, Frank, that it wouldn't that's, be sad. Yeah, what are you talking about? I'm just, I, that's, I just, that's what I heard. So what did you it was hear? on the internet somewhere. Look, the point, I, I'm just saying that why can't you just say, well, we shouldn't kill plants and then we have nothing to eat. So we might as well just eat the animals in the first place. No, that doesn't make sense. Plants don't cry. So wait, so it's tears that, what, what if we well, poke no, out their eyes first? No, but that's, no, that's because they still have feelings. You could tell, you know that they have feelings. Even if you poke out their eyes, you still know that if they had eyes, they would be crying. And that's terrible. Well, so does that mean we can eat clams? No. They don't have eyes. They they have feelings well, I don't like think animals. they do. They don't have brains, do they? I don't think they have brains. Well, you can eat clams. You know, okay, I right. think that there's different there's different degrees. Uh, wait, Surely it, I, I think I can that, eat clams? No, no, have... no. I was saying Frank can eat clams. You're not allowed to eat clams. But, I, but you just said they didn't no, have... No, 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 no. Frank is allowed to eat clams. You are well, not. Well, I can eat whatever I want. I'm going to eat a steak. I might make one... Right now. No, I don't have any steak in the house. Thank you for not having steak in the house. Well, I, not because I don't no, yeah, they, want just, steak. Just, I just, don't. just to accept the compliment. They do deliver steaks. I, I can do a, a steak delivery number. I have a number. Um, you don't even live in New York anymore. Why do you have a number for on-call steak? It's an international steak delivery number, Jordan. People with money know about these things. Rory, you know, remember this? Well, yes. I used Rory to Rory would number. not know anything about well, that. Well, back when I had money, I, I, did, I did have the number. But I, I didn't remember it, no. Because I, I told Good. her I tore it up. Good, you're right. Well, don't call the steak to... I mean, well, wait. Are you going to buy steak for all of us or just for your No, he's not going to buy steak for all of us. Look, clams, they don't have eyes. No, they have feelings. It's... I don't think there they are have different, There are different degrees of feelings. Some animals have more feelings than other animals have, but they still have feelings. Eating a clam is less bad than eating a steak, but it's still bad. Do, do you understand what I mean? I think I do, but I, 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 although I don't necessarily see why clams who don't have... I don't think they have brains, though, like you said. What about bugs? Can we eat bugs? Bugs, they'll... They'll fall, I'm, I'm not sure exactly where on the spectrum of having feelings they fall, because I err on the side of not eating creatures of any kind that might have feelings, because I am just that conscious of it. And, and who wants to eat bugs? Who, who wants to eat bugs anyway? You can eat bugs, Frank Allen. I, I will gonna, allow I, you to eat bugs. I'm going to just eat mammals and, and poultry. Well, I, I won't allow you. Won't, I, you, don't, you don't have any power over me, I don't I, think. I, well, I mean, I, I don't have power over you, but I can I can be disapproving of it, and I am. Okay, I looked it up. Uh, it says uh, bivalves, bivalves do not have brains. They have a nerve cord and a ganglia, including a cerebral ganglion. Oh. But the brain implies a concentrated bunch of nerves that are defined into different regions with different functions. That's totally what I thought. So they don't have brains. So so they don't have brains. Uh, and of course, and it's, it's saying that well, technically crabs don't have brains. So really, Roy should be able to eat crabs too. Oh, crabs are really good. I... We're not going to revert back no, no, we, right. after all of this progress, Roy. But if we're saying that... We made so... You've made so no, much no, progress. Of course, of course. But I'm just saying that... Have you ever had crabs? Because they are quite good. I, I'm trying not to remember whether or not I've had crabs. Uh, uh, good. Uh, but actually, but uh, you know, speaking of the things that eat uh, animals, I actually, and and being allowed to eat bugs, whether you eat bugs, I actually heard recently that there are, you know, there are plants that eat bugs and including, I heard uh, that some people think tomatoes uh, eat worms, that, like the, the roots and the leaves underground of tomatoes eat uh, things in the soil, living things. So I think that in a way, if you eat a tomato, you're advocating car uh, carnivore actions because I, I, you're supporting <laughs> the tomatoes that eat 
living things. You're not supporting the tomatoes. You're eating the tomatoes. Well, you're supporting the industry. Why is it industry. bad to you're eating, eating tomatoes, tomatoes that eat living things doesn't mean that you're eating living things. You vote with your dollars, you know? So you pay for tomatoes and then people will be like, oh, we should make more tomatoes. They plant more tomatoes. They eat more little microscopic worms. Those things suffer. They're microscopic. But I, they suffer. And think about how many of them they must have to eat to make a whole tomato. That that doesn't count. That's like using Lysol. You, whoa, whoa, whoa. You use Lysol? Those germs suffer. No, Jordan, no, we yes. would have to be clean. Right. And that's different because certain microscopic organisms are a threat to living creatures. And it's it's very important to keep a clean home so that yourself and that your animal friends who you might have over um, are able to be in a clean environment and not have to worry about infectious diseases. So if something is threatening animals, you're allowed to kill it. Of course. So I could eat a lion? No. No, they that's threaten not, animals. I'm, they do I'm threaten saying animals. They don't count because they are animals. I'm saying things without a developed nervous system that eat things. Things with developed nervous systems are okay. It's okay to eat things that do not have developed nervous systems. Like clams. Like clams. If they are... Well, no, no, no. Clams have developed nervous systems. You just were telling me about them. Well, they have well, a I mean, cerebral... They, they have a cerebral... Something Gang- cerebral. Ganglion. Ganglion. Which is spelled ganglion, just so you know. So that's like eating a lion. No, it's not. Well, it doesn't matter. You won't let me eat either one. That's right. Look, Frank, the fact is, June knows a lot about these things. She's an expert on animals. You know, so she knows exactly how much they suffer. Is that correct? You've done a study, right? Absolutely. You've done a study on... Wait, does that mean you did a study where you torture animals? No, 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 I, no. I'm, I, how could you have done a study on how much animals suffer if you're not making them suffer for the purpose of that study? No, the animals that I surveyed were already in a situation where they were being tortured, and all I did was just gave them some questionnaires. Uh, uh, what? I did a survey of animals that were already... Look, I, I couldn't rescue these animals. Legally, I, I couldn't, was not allowed to do anything to break them out or anything. Otherwise, of course, I would have. But since legally I am not allowed to uh, take the animals that are the property of this slaughterhouse, I was legally able to survey them and to create an excellent statistical study of the amount of animal suffering that goes on in a slaughterhouse, and it is tremendous. And then she also did, you know, a control group of, of non-suffering animals. Right, right, right. Just in the wild. She did questionnaires there as well. well of course, yes. Well, okay, well, that's very rigorous of you, but the, I, who, I mean, who answered the questions? Animals. The animals answered the questions? Yes. Well, Jordan, you do have a talking cat. Well, okay, but that's unusual. Most cats don't talk, right? Right, that's true. Most cats don't talk to most people. Oh, but they talk... To you? Well, they talk to other cats. And Are you me. a cat? Oh, okay. No, so I'm not a cat. cat. Okay. But oh. I speak cat. You sp- uh, go ahead. I'm not, I'm not, I can't now. Why not? I, d- I don't want to, but I'm, what I'm saying is that- you know, She only most- does that in private, you know, it's very personal. Right. I don't, and some cats might be listening and I don't want to confuse Wait, she, them. She only does it in private, so she's done it for you, right? That's, that has nothing to do with anything here. We're, we're not talking about that. The point is, she is very smart and professional, of right? Of course, and I find it very species-centric of you to think that cats should have to learn to speak human languages that are not natural to them well, in order to communicate with human beings. Like, uh, human beings have so much potential, especially Rory, but human you. beings have so much potential to learn so much, to fit so much information in their brains, and yet they're so species-centric that they could not be bothered to learn to speak the language of cats. Well, no, I mean, my cat just speaks English. I, I, I mean, what's wrong with that? Well, your cat is a very exceptional cat, but not all cats want to or, or can learn human language. 
And human beings are very capable of learning to well, speak. It sounds like you're the one who's being speciesist because you're the one saying that their species isn't good enough to learn our language. No, that's not what I said. That sounded like what you said. No, that's not what I said. That's Lots not what you said cats at all. Are. I just said that Scape is very exceptional in his interest and ability to learn to speak human language. So you're saying that we're smarter than them because we can learn both languages. Well, sort of. Okay, uh, that's a good answer. So, uh, well, speaking. Speaking of cats, uh, actually, and speaking of my cat, uh, you might have heard uh, June as yes. you listen to the show. I'm assuming you listen to the show. Of course I listen to the show. Oh, sorry. Um, I assume then that you know my cat has been kidnapped. Yes, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that. I am very sorry to hear that from myself. The point is, I'm very upset about it, but our good friend, Frank Allen, agreed uh, last episode to uh, pay for a private investigator to find my cat. Well, I don't know that he's actually a private investigator. I think he's called himself a cat finder. Either way, I do. I find it very moving that you have shown this, this seemingly uncharacteristic desire to help your fellow uh, creatures. Well, I didn't want to do it. I didn't do it on purpose. Rory made me do it. Well, it was the right thing to do, so, right? Absolutely. I, I, I don't understand why Mr. Allen can't just accept my compliment. Because I did not want to do it. Well, it was wonderful of you to do it, and I I don't know why you wouldn't want to. Well, it was wonderful of Rory to volunteer my money to do something I don't even want to pay for. But anyway, look. It was very wonderful of Rory. Thank you very much, June. I like when she is proud of me, so there we are. Good. Anyway, we got an audio letter in from the, uh, the cat finder. Uh, now, cat finding, is that a profession that you're okay with? Well, that depends on how you're going about finding cats. I don't approve of finding cats and then selling them back to a pet store, not because I think that it's wrong to rip off the pet store in such a manner. I do think it's wrong that he would rescue these cats from a pet store and then bring them right back to these horrible pet stores, which I've done a study. They are very, very cruel oh, to you, these creatures. You don't like pet stores? Absolutely not. Well, that's where we got Scape in the first place. Well, I'm very glad that you managed to save him from such a horrible, horrible place. However, I don't agree with um, you supporting them financially. Oh, well, let's, let's listen to what... Uh, Macho has to tell us uh, about Scape. Maybe he found him. Hello, here is uh, Macho Gonzalo. I am right to Casting Wax, Jordan D. White. Uh, very grateful for your hire me uh, for uh, to search for Scape, your lost cat. And I have reported a great success uh, finding Scape. I have searched many places. I've uh, found many cats in uh, Russia. I have found many cats in uh, Turkey. I have found many cats in the Netherlands. Uh, other places also have uh, look for cat. Um, so uh, all this is go on the uh, going on the bill uh, for you. Um, only trouble is uh, I have no way of knowing which cat is scrape. So I have been selling these cats back to the cat store, uh, but I have taken photos of each one before I have sell them. So I know, uh, once I know what scrape looks like, I can take back the cat if it's uh, the one you need. Uh, also, um, I have to tell you, uh, most of these cats run away very hard. Uh, so sometimes I trip 
and fall when I look for them. Uh, so that adds to the medical bills that have to go on the cat finding bill with the stipend and expenses for food and living and uh, rent wherever I am looking for cats that day. But uh, search is going very well. I just have to know from you, if possible, what the scrape looks like. But other than that, do not worry. I find your cat right away. Macho Gonzalo is the best cat finder. I have found so many cats. If you have a cat, which you do, that is missing, I will find it by process of elimination, if nothing else. Good night, Jordan. Thank you for your business. Don't worry, your cat will come back. Uh, I, I don't know how much hope that puts in me. I, I really don't know how I feel about um, Mr. Gonzalo's uh, methods of finding cats. I mean, I feel like if, if cats are running away from him while he's looking for them, he must be doing something to scare them. I mean, it, he must be doing something bad to these cats. Like, I just, I don't trust that he is he's behaving properly with these cats. Well, I mean, it sounds like he's, I mean, he's running after them. I mean, a lot of times cats, it's just as soon as you run after them, they run away. I have seen cats in pet shops. And when I go to a pet shop to see a cat, they want to get out of the pet shop and they want to be near me and not near the pet shop. And I don't understand why these cats will be running away from him when they should be running away from the pet shop towards him, since generally pet shops are worse than a lot of things. So if he's worse than the pet shop, that's probably really bad. Wait, so all those cats he got from pet shops? I, I just figured he just found them in general. All over well, the he place. said sell them back to the pet shop, which makes that. me think that he must have got them from the pet shop in the first place. Uh, I can't believe you guys are even talking seriously about this guy. This guy is scamming me. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's scamming you. He's providing a service which you are paying him for. Yeah, but Scape's not in Russia. But I, I am concerned about how he's treating these cats. Scape's not in Russia, and he's not in Turkey or wherever. He... I thought, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you didn't know where Scape was. I don't know specifically where he is, but I know that he's not in, Jordan, tell him he's not in Russia. I don't know that he's not in Russia. I'm assuming, I mean, he's probably not in Russia, but he could be in Russia. I think you're really underestimating Scape's potential. I think that if Scape wanted to go to Russia, he could go to Russia. He could go wherever he wants. He doesn't need to be limited by these, by these, these, these diplomatic boundaries. Well, to he's, be fair, I don't think he's ever heard of Russia. So I don't think he'd want to go there because I don't think he knows what it is. Why didn't you teach him about Russia? I tr because I tried to teach him. him about Mexico and he didn't even get that. Well, clearly you're not doing a very good job. And and Actually, may maybe maybe, maybe I, there's I'm, something I can do to help. Maybe, if I might maybe. interject, uh, he did once talk about Russia on the podcast. He did? When? Uh, he believed that Russia was a, a character in the in the comic book Watchmen. Oh, right. Yes, he did. He thought Russia was a character in the comic book Watchmen who wanted to blow up uh, the country. So he wouldn't want to go to Russia because he thinks it's a bad guy. So All I'm saying is I, I think that Scape is, is, is a creature with a lot of potential. He, he managed to master the English language, and I feel like he has the potential to master so much more. Look, all of this is irrelevant. That guy is trying to charge me a bunch of money for things that have nothing to do with escape and have nothing to do with finding him. I'm not going to pay his medical bills. Why should I pay his medical bills? I'm sorry. Oh, hold on. Are you talking about someone hiring an investigator who is charging them for money that they shouldn't have to charge them? That sounds awfully familiar, doesn't it? Uh, well, yeah, that's, well, so what? So you got ripped off, now I get to get ripped off? Sounds fair, yes. No, two wrongs don't make a, don't, two wrongs don't make a right. Well, no, but this time I get to laugh at you instead of the reverse, you know. That's true, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Well, well, <laughs> I thought you were, I thought you were trying to teach him some more morals here. No, I'm comfortable with laughing at Frank Allen. What, what, what am I trying to, oh, teach Frank Allen morals, right. It's hopeless. Oh, uh, it's not. First of all, it's not hopeless, because I already have morals, so... 
see, see, it's hopeless. Because if you don't admit that you don't have morals, you will never be able to learn proper morals. Morals is not being unnecessarily cruel to your fellow creature, including my dear Rory. And also animals. Did you just call him a creature? No, no. We're all creatures. Yes, we're all, because we're all creatures, so... She didn't mean me specifically. Well, dear, I mentioned you specifically because Frank is mean to you and you are a creature in that you are a living being who Frank is mean to. Yes, so the po- yes, I think the point is, Frank, you can't be mean to me because she's telling you you're not allowed. Right. Well, that, I, well, okay, just like I'm not allowed to eat meat. Oh, you know what? Let me get my phone. No, no, don't, don't do that. I, I want to. Rory, I'm, I'm getting Rory stop him. Well, I, how, how can I stop him? You, you're a, you have a lot of potential, dear. You have the ability. You just, you just have to believe in yourself. You can stop Frank Allen from ordering steaks. Frank, put down the phone. I'm not gonna do it. So I don't know why you're saying do it. I, I, well, you, you must. You must not. You, you, if you order a steak in our presence. Yeah. What? Well, I, uh, I will not. We will. We would both be upset at you, and uh, June would call the police. That's right, I would. For what? She would. Uh, she could say that you threatened to kill us. I would do that. I mean, it, it's close enough. I mean, threatening to kill animals, threatening to kill people. It's it's sort of similar. It would. I I didn't threaten to kill an animal. I mean, I would if I had to. Frank, that is terrible, and it's it's killing my spirit for you to talk this way. And it's basically almost the same as as killing somebody. So I would totally call the police. All right, let me ask you this: If there was a lion coming at you and you had a gun, would you kill it? I would try to tell it to stop. I'm kind to lions, and that's why they don't come after me. The only reason why lions would attack you is because you're mean to other animals. No, this is like a an evil lion. Like he he's a he's a renegade. There's no such thing as he's a, he's a lion sociopath. I refuse to believe that a non-human creature on this earth would ever treat me in such a way because I have done so much to help them and I have communicated with them in such great detail and in, in such a way that other humans can't that I don't believe that they would do anything to hurt me. So well, no, I that, would not shoot a lion. That's why I'm saying he's a, a sociopath. You're, you're an animal psychologist. You know about sociopaths, right? There aren't any lion sociopaths. They're just lions that Frank Allen was mean to. All of them? There's no such thing as an animal being a sociopath. The only reason why animals are are mean to human beings is because human beings have been mean to them. The only reason why a lion would try to eat you, Frank Allen, is because you have been cruel to lions. There is no such thing as a sociopath. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking that up on the, uh, on the, uh, the internet as well. Uh, sociopath is uh, a person... As a psychopathic personality whose behavior is antisocial and who lacks a sense of moral responsibility or social conscience. See? Exactly. There is no such thing as a sociopathic animal, only human beings, well, according to the dictionary no, definition. No, but they, lions lack moral responsibility and social conscience. They absolutely do not. They don't have... What, what is their moral responsibility? You just, just because you have not spent the time to get to know lions and what their sense of social responsibility is does not mean that they don't have them. That just means that you are... Too species centric to care. So lions care about what's right and wrong. Absolutely. Lions care about the truth. Absolutely. So then why are they always lying? That's not funny. Well, I thought it was funny. It wasn't funny. Rory, tell him it wasn't funny. It wasn't. That was a ridiculous, terrible joke, and 
I think you're fired. I, fired from what? That's right. He fired you. I, he doesn't employ me. I fund this program. No, well, you. I mean, you don't fund Frank's part of the program, and we don't pay Frank, so you can... Well, I can fire him from ever being on the same part of the program as Rory. I don't think... Again, I don't think you can, because you Because those even, are the parts of the program that I'm funding. Well, no, only only the extra history parts. Well, you don't even I fund fire him from segment. ever appearing on those, ever. I don't want to... Those are terrible, awful segments. I don't ever want to appear on those segments. Whatever. We I've said already you're appeared fired. on them before, by the way. Right. And now you won't because you've been fired. So we said you're fired, and it was an accurate statement. Yes, like she said. Uh, oh, whatever. All right. Well, you know what? Rory's fired from what am I fired from appearing on my on my television show, which is a bigger deal than this stupid thing, anyway. So your well, television show is a terrible program, anyway, and is responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands of animals. That is. I don't know why that you would say that, but I will say it's a terrible show because you make me go on and pretend that I'm psychic. Was he still doing that? Yes, he still he made me do it again. Well, it's because f- it's funny and people like it. Did you not see how many people saw the, the thing on YouTube? They watched it. Well, fine. That and the animal thing. Well, look, Frank, I don't want to be on your show. Oh, speaking of people wanting to be on a show, we actually should play our shows. We have a bunch of, you know, radio shows to listen to this time. So uh, we have two. One of them is a show called uh, Chop Henderson. Have you heard that one? I, I have heard the program, yes. He's killed mostly people. Yes, and that's okay. Wait, 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 wait. How is that okay? Well, I mean, it's not okay, but it's not specifically something that I'm specifically looking to correct in the world. So you're fine with the fact that people die? No, 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 no. I'm not fine with the fact that people die. I just, I don't care as much as I care about animals. Dying. You have to choose your battles, Jordan. You have to choose the things you'll fight for. Exactly. <sighs> Okay. Anyway, we've got Chop Henderson. And then we've also got a gentleman whose name is Nathan Van Etten and his adventures. Do you, are you familiar with it? It's been a long time since we've had an episode of his show. Do you remember his show? I, I don't know that I, I have listened to that part of the program now. I, well, I assume that you listen to the backlog of shows. Oh, no. I didn't, why would I? I that's, that's a well, lot. Well, Rory's on most of them. Well, yes. The I've, only time he wasn't on them was when he was in jail. You know he was in jail, right? Uh, uh no. Jordan, you didn't... Do, well, why are you uh, doing... Why we have to... No, Listen, it was no big deal. The point is, oh, uh, you know, Nathan Redden, right? Yes, it's a good show. Rory, dear? Yes. You uh, had been in, in, in prison? Not what for, for I murder, assume that it so was for it was for something like um for standing up to protect animals, correct? Or it something could be. De- defending um something that you believed in. Well it was defending something. something, so yeah, defending a criminal in court. It was a it was a He it, he was he was found guilty of perjury. He was lying in a courtroom because he was using extra history on the stand. Well, I don't know. It was a miscarriage of justice. Let's just leave it at that. The point is, let's let's listen to Nathan. It Mann was a miscarriage of justice when he was against speaking. my dear Roy. No, 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 no. That's not the Look, way the jury saw it. Look, ex- extra history is a very legitimate study, and and anything that furthers extra history is something that I could get behind. Well, and dear, I don't. Let me you, just say, you don't have to be ashamed of standing up for the things you believe in. Rory, I just, uh, for Rory standing doing up for this, extra history. Rory doing this kind of, uh, kind of hurt extra history because I, I got kind of a reputation at that point. To be fair, that is true. But we've overcome. We've overcome. And I don't do that anymore. So um, I don't go to jail anymore because I don't break the law anymore. So there we are. We'll discuss this later. Okay. Let's get to the shows. Uh, here we go. Uh, let's start off with Chop. Henderson. Chop Henderson, Adventurator. Episode 6, Blonde with the Wind. 
by Pete Bowers, Daniel Schwartz, Mickey Weishner, and Charles Berman. One of our greatest wise men and one of our lesser wise guys. He is able to leap tall buildings in a single helicopter. Taller than average and shorter than maximum. He has the strength of 10 men, assuming we assign each man one-tenth the strength of Chop Henderson. He bought a bagel sandwich at the deli yesterday. And that's about it. Today, however, it is not a bagel in his purportedly deadly clutches, but his nemesis, Slam Jackson. Chop Henderson is here to massacreize the everlasting bejesus out of his hated foe. Are we done yet? It is you who are done, Slam Jackson. Done trying my patience. You have not yet been made to pay. It is now the moment for Margaret do build another labyrinth. Slaving away, sir. Oh god, another one? Another indeed! Exercising his incisive investigative cerebellum that fills the space under his cerebrum, our cosmopolitan crusher of corruption, Slam Jackson, has already defeated the lethal labyrinth, the murder maze, and the crossword of castigation, which, if I do say so myself, was not particularly challenging. What point are you trying to make here exactly? Just that for the most impressive mind of our or any other era, past or future, you're not very good at crosswords. Come on, Chop. You can't possibly pay Bogworth enough to create a death trap that will defeat Slam Jackson. Ah, simple girlish anti-terror girl reporter. You underestimate my infinite supply of money. Chop, how exactly would an infinite supply of money work? Uh, so far quite well, and the Italico reporter. I thought reporters were paid to be observant. We would be if money meant anything. Just the right attitude, and the Italico reporter. I'll see that your paychecks stop. Now, are we doing any chronicling of my exploits? But, as Chop Henderson, who apparently adventurates or something, looks to the notes of any italic soldiery girl reporter, that beauteous beacon of bravery, Slam Jackson silently and without anyone noticing, begins to pick the lock on his handcuffs. Why would you make up a thing like that? Good question! I thought you were supposed to be narrating what he does. That means you describe what's actually happening and not make up fake stories. Nobody could get out of my hand- Hey, how did you get out of those handcuffs? Well, nobody ever described it. I guess we'll never know how I escaped from a pair of handcuffs so much broader in diameter than my hands. Curses! But do not think this is a free pass out of being made to pay! Slam Jackson, Bogworth, a better pair of handcuffs. And remind me of the next stage of my ingenious plan? Make him pay, master. Of course! And now, Slam Jackson, we shall settle this like men. Violently! Sledgehammer, sir. No, Bogworth! Where's my horsewhip? In the weapon room, sir. Okay, time out. Bogworth, how is this helping? It's not, sir. Get the horsewhip! Getting it, sir. Okay, I've had enough. I'm leaving. No, I, Chop Henderson, forbid it! I'll keep that in mind. Bye. Well, Chop, that worked. Oh, Annie, I tell a girl reporter. Always thinking in terms of houses you could keep. Slam Jackson will be immediately lost in my labyrinthine estate. So why were you having Bogworth build a labyrinth? Stop! 
Well, any italico reporter, have you ever heard the phrase, there's just too much labyrinth in here? No, you've never heard that. No, Chop. I haven't. I mean, seriously, nobody's ever said that. Why would that? And as our extraordinary executor of the ethical makes his stealthy escape into the rest of Chop Henderson's unnecessarily large house, creeping silently on shoes that have long passed the point of being squeaky... Okay, drop the shoes. Not until you do! I am prevented from following him by a gun pointed at my face by Chop Henderson! That's right! Now you shall experience the awe of my complex but immaculate plan! I need to get Slam Jackson, and who is better than you at following Slam Jackson? Nobody! Exactly! So if you don't tell me where he is, I'll shoot you! Oh my giddy aunt! What exactly are you trying to do? I've set out to find Slam Jackson in my house and make him- We know you feel shortchanged, but can you be a little more specific? No! No, not no, yes. I have to make this nonsense into a story for the paper, and I will be dipped in goose grease if you Tell think- Tell me more about being dipped into goose grease. I will be really mad if I can't write some kind of motivation for you. Uh, and this guy has to chronicle Slam Jackson's adventures somehow, really loudly. You know, now that she mentions it, you are pretty loud. Get on with it! Hang on. Suddenly, and not a moment too soon, Slam Jackson returns to the room. How did I end up back here? I was going straight. <laughs> yeah, right you were. Yeah, right. I was. What are you talking about? Your horse whip, sir. Finally! Nobody is whipping any horses in here until you tell us what you're doing. You've killed about 12 people since you started looking for Slam Jackson. 13, madame. 13 people since you've been- Um, actually it's 14. Uh, you were asleep when the poisoned room service arrived. Okay. 14 people in the last few days while you've been looking for Slam Jackson. So, you could horse whip him? Is this a sex thing? Because you could have just said this was a sex thing. Oh, Annie Italico reporter, when you do not think of raising babies, you can only think of making babies. But I have no interest in killing or seducing Slam Jackson, for you are here to be my helplessly wilting love interest, and Slam is not about to do anything wrong. Unlike the well-loved neighborhood doctor on Wednesday who had the office that people always left with deadly illnesses, no! Slam Jackson only does things right! Constantly! Slam Jackson does nothing but save lives, and who gets the credit? Slam Jackson! That seems reasonable, when you phrase it that way. A box upon reason! No sooner have I resolved to defeat a great evil than do I discover it has been pre-feeded by none other than you! Who beat me to the punch defeating Kickman? Famed adventurer Slam Jackson! Who body-checked President Robot Mugabe into a vat of molten butter? Every mother's favorite son, Slam Jackson! I tire of having all the good fights usurped! I have no choice, Slam Jackson, but to make you pay! Oh, the hell with it. And with the fury of a furious furry Ferrari, Slam Jackson launches his chiseled body at Chop Henderson. While Chop Henderson simultaneously raises his horsewhip to give Slam Jackson what for? Sweet sassy molassie! The two men grapple and struggle with each other in a way that I am totally sure is non-sexual. Slam Jackson has the upper hand! And quickly loses it as Chop Henderson kicks him in the general direction of the death trap! But Slam Jackson regains his balance and takes a swing at Chop! Narrowly missing! Hey! I can't make this up! Why do you have to be like that, Ralph? 
Hey, dude, let's switch. Ding dong dealio, good buddy, tag me in! Hey, what is this? A man of my skill pitted against you? An insult to my very name! But no sooner had he spoken than Chop Henderson punches himself in the face! What? Why did I do that? Why indeed! Why does he keep hitting himself? Why does he keep hitting himself? And why is he using that horse whip? I wish I knew! Look, here's ten bucks. Call it a day. Never have I received such a generous gift. Now I can retire and forswear this life of empty narration. Are you being sarcastic? Even I am unsure. Whoa, dude, cut it out. I'm not even doing anything at this point. Whatever it is you're not doing, keep it up. This is the most fun I've had all week. My arm is too tired to whip. Then I guess it's kicking time, good buddy. Look, this is egregious. Let's just cart him off to jail. As you say, oh ruthless writer of wrongs. And I should get back to the office. Slam Jackson, nab serial killer. What a story! Can I stop kicking myself now? And as our defeated dastard is carried away, I realize that his palatial estate is unoccupied and decide to rectify this unfortunate situation. Bogworth, do fetch me a pina colada. That is not how it works, Ralph. Not even for ten dollars? At once, master. And so we leave me, Ralph, sitting in an armchair built for a nation, in a nation built for this armchair, in the hopes that some time will pass before the next episode of Chop Henderson, Adventurator. In that episode of Chop Henderson, Ralph was Charles Berman, Chop Henderson was Pete Bowers, Bogworth was Bailiff Quimby, and the Italic was Angela Schwartz, Slam Jackson was Jack Coonrat, and the narrator was Mickey Weissner. Hello and welcome to WHRW Binghamton with This Day in History. My name is Rory Sinjin. On January 16th, 1919, the 18th Amendment to the United States Constitution, prohibiting the manufacture, sale, or transportation of intoxicating liquors for beverage purposes, achieves the necessary two-thirds majority of state ratification and thus becomes the law of the land. All right, Jim Bob, I got this here sack of potatoes. You know what we can make with that in our bathtub? Mashed potatoes. That's true. And if we let those mashed potatoes stay there long enough, we'll have mashed potato wine. Mashed potato wine? I don't like grapes in my mashed potatoes. All right, fine. Well, why don't you use the toilet over there to make your booze? I'll make my mashed potato wine in this here tub. Hours earlier. Uh, time to dispose of my feminine hygiene products. No garbage can in sight. Well, into the loo with you. No, don't throw me here. But I want to splash. Hours later. I'll put these potatoes here in this toilet. Hmm. Feminine hygiene product. Uh-oh. Splash. Mashed potatoes everywhere. And those two professional bootleggers did learn the unwieldy consequences of trying to flush a tampon down a public toilet. Or a private toilet. It's bad. This is This Day in History on WHRW. Binghamton. 
But there's like more stuff than that. This is Paris Hilton, and you're listening to Celebrity Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. So this story is really interesting because like one time I was doing a lot of heavy drinking from like bathtub vodka, and it really is not that great. But it's very important that you always remember to flush your tampons down the toilet because like one time I didn't do that, and like this guy came in and like took it, and then he like sold it on the internet for like millions of dollars, and that was like really kind of inappropriate. So always remember to flush your tampons down the toilet because it's um, really no, not no, cool. No, no, Paris, you- you're not supposed to flush them. You're never, ever supposed to flush them down public toilets, ever. But that's, like, not cool, because when I do it, it's, like, people... No, 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 no. you're never supposed to... Can you can you try again with it? never? I can, like, try. Um, so, like, I guess don't flush them down the toilet, because then they'll, like, clog it up and, like, pollute the fish or something like that. And people tell you to throw them in the garbage, and I guess that's what you should do. But, like, I can never get away with doing that, because then people might steal and sell them on the internet. But, like, you listeners should definitely, um, just throw them, throw them in the trash. This has been Paris Hilton on Celebrity Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Bye! Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On January 23rd, 1941, Charles A. Lindbergh, a national hero since his non-stop solo flight across the Atlantic, testifies before the House Foreign Affairs Committee and suggests that the United States negotiate a neutrality pact with Hitler. Mr. Lindbergh, is it true that on the night of your previous flight, you who now suggests we be neutral towards Hitler, ran into a man who was flapping his wings and flying through the air and wearing a dull-colored and difficult-to-see cape? He was dressed up as a crow. It wasn't my fault. Just because his superhero costume was a crow doesn't mean you have the right to fly into him, Mr. Lindbergh. It's a crow. No one misses crows. It'd be like he dressed up as a pigeon. Are you saying he should have worn brighter clothing when flying through the air? I think I can handle this. No, no I'm, I'm time-traveling President William Henry. Henry Harrison. The problem here is Lindbergh couldn't see him because he wasn't wearing bright colors. That's why the plane flew into him. Case dismissed. Like a bright red armband, for example. I think that you're disrespecting the Quakers in our community who aren't allowed to wear bright colors. All right, all right. Quiet in the court. I've made my decision. On the count of neutrality towards Hitler, I rule yes. On the count of Lindbergh being at fault for hitting that crow, I rule no. It is everybody's responsibility to wear reflective clothing at night, not the driver's. And from that day forward, people driving at night used to make a game of hitting people wearing dark clothing. So you should always remember that not only should people out at night walking wear reflective clothing, but as a driver you should try not to hit them either way. This is This Day in History on WHRW. But don't hit no one yet. Hi, this is Bruce Springsteen with Celebrity, Where Are They Now in History, Cast and Wax. I want to tell you about a time I was walking down the road, and a car almost hit me. I was just walking down a lonely, dusty old road with my guitar strumming, playing a little tune, <laughs> just like I want to do. And down that distant road, I see a car coming, but I'm not worried about it, because I know I got reflective clothing on, I got bright clothes. I'm not walking in the dark in black clothes, that's ridiculous. Way to get killed. I got a nice white shirt on. But all of a sudden, what should happen? But the evil ghost of Charles Lindbergh flies by overhead on his ghost plane and dumps a 20-gallon jug of oil over me. Now I'm covered in this black oil. I am no longer wearing the responsible clothes. And the car comes speeding down the road. It is coming right for me. And so I do the only thing I know how. I play my guitar as loud and as hard as humanly possible. But you know what? It doesn't work. 
because sound does not reflect light. And that driver driving down that road saw me and they thought, that there is a swamp creature. He did not know it was a singer-songwriter. Thought it was a swamp creature. But you know what? I'm lucky to be alive today because that driver was such a good and gentle soul that they thought, I don't want to hit no swamp creature with my car. I don't want to kill no swamp creature because a swamp creature's got every right to walk down the road just as much as if it was a singer-songwriter of some sort. You know what? That driver was Mary Lou Retton. And I thank you, Mary Lou Retton, for not hitting me with your car because, yes, it is my responsibility as a pedestrian to make sure I wear bright, reflective clothing in the dark, but it's also the driver's responsibility not to just kill people willy-nilly. So, you know what? Both she and I did the right thing, and curse you, Lindbergh. Curse you to hell. So thank you very much for listening to me. My name is Bruce Springsteen, and this is Celebrity. Where are they now in history? Cast and wax. And don't go walking in the dark and black. Lessons from the Life of Nathan Van Etten by Pete Bowers and Charles Berman. Lesson 13. Recruitment Riles Nathan Van Etten. There is nothing quite so military as the Army, and few organizations so reliably filled with soldiers, sworn to protect and serve, and therefore bound both to serve and protect, or else be in breach of their pledge. The bravest men and women of the U.S. Armed Forces stand right next to the less brave members of the U.S. Armed Forces, prepared to do whatever their superiors tell them to, or else. One spindly person who is entirely unsuitable for this position is Nathan Van Etten. Oh, hello, my friendly potential hallucination! Hello, Nathan. I can't help but notice that you are standing outside a U.S. Armed Forces Information Center. Wow! I noticed that, too! Good thing, since this is where I was going! You came here on purpose? Do I look like the kind of person who would have poor skills at orienteering, my omnipresent friend? Yes. Yes, you do. Constantly. But that's beside the point. Why on earth would someone like you go to a U.S. Armed Forces Information Center? Well, for information on the U.S. Armed Forces, of course. More specifically, their arms. And forces. And uniforms. I have to get everything exact. My 5'10 friend Jonas has agreed to a stimulating match of Viet Bot War, and I need to make sure my costume and weaponry are as accurate as possible. Oh, I see, Nathan. You're engaging in a live-action roleplay. No, that's for losers who like to go outside all the time. This is a tabletop game. We're playing at Jonas's house. I figured I'd surprise him with some awe-inspiring realism. What gets you in the mood for a war game like getting threatened with a real-life gun? Nothing, Nathan. I thought not. Time to go in. Hello? Anyone there? I'd like some information about the army. Has it come to this? You've come to the right place, soldier. Ah, good morning, my angry friend. I am afraid you are mistaken. I am Nathan Van Etten. I am not one of your soldiers, but I can see how you would have made that mistake, for I have cultivated the stance and bearing of a warrior. Thought that was scoliosis. Listen, recruit, I know you're not a soldier yet, but trust me, before long we'll make you into a fighting machine. Well, I have always wanted to be part robot. That is not the reason for my visit. 
Listen, son, I know why you're here. Well, this should be quick, Van. Exactly. There's only so long you can enjoy the benefits of living in the greatest country on the Which earth. Which country is that? You mean Narnia? Without wanting to give something back. You want to be part of something greater than yourself. What could be greater than myself? To unite with your brothers. I've always been told I was an only child. Against those who hate freedom. Wait, are you talking about my parents? To preserve our way of life. Oh, you watch TV all day too? Or do you think you'd ever see another baseball game again if this great land were to lose the upper hand to the evildoers? No, I don't think I've seen that one before. Listen, do you know what the army is for? Is it for wasting time? Because if so, you've gotten really good at it. Listen, kid. I'm offering you a guaranteed job. Three square meals a day, full medical coverage, paid for college education. A band of brothers will be with you for your life. How about a gun? Or a uniform? Well, of course. Great, because I've got a bunch of people I need to kill later today. Do you have them in the back? Why, as a matter of fact... Wait, what? I asked if you had them in the back. No, the other thing. Well, what do you use a gun for? Well, that is what we use guns for, but listen, we don't kill people here. That's wrong. We kill them in other countries where there are terrorists. Oh, I get it. Fewer laws. Well, that's okay. I wasn't interested in really killing anybody. They might get mad. Listen, kid, I know I'm going to regret this, but what are you talking about? Viet-bot war, of course. The only fully realistic Vietnam robot war board game. I was looking for some gear so I could really accurately get into the character. What do you play, Mr. Parcheesi? That's Sergeant. Oh, I don't know that game. But anyway, if you could just shoot me a uniform and a gun, I'll get out of your hair. You've probably got aliens to cover up or something. That's not quite the way it works. You're gonna need to get through basic training first. <sighs> Do you guys have a complicated rule book? Cause I can't stand here playing US Army all day when there's Viet bots that need vanquishing! Listen, civilian. If you don't want to enlist, I can't make you. But I've about had it with your trivializing the US military. What's the matter with that? I love trivia! I'll have you know I'm a veteran. Listen, I don't even have a pet. And I didn't risk my life in a foreign country just so layabouts like you could take our sacrifices for granted. Risk your life? Why would you do that? Oh, you're pretty dumb. You could just not join the army and you'd be fine. Even I know that. I've been not joining the army for years and look at me, successfully still alive. There are some enemies that have to be defeated and somebody has to make sure that happens. Well, it sounds like a pretty boring game if the same people keep winning. Maybe the other guy should get a chance. Maybe killing people in this country wouldn't be so bad. Listen, kid, I think you better go. I went before I came in, I'm all right. No, I think you should leave. Wait, what about my uniform? No. And the gun? No. What? Well, the sign says be all you can be, but apparently you can't be very nice. Get out. Or helpful. Get out. Or polite. Get out before I declare you an enemy combatant. Jeez, you don't have to tell me twice. God. And so we leave Nathan, unarmed and in his civvies, loitering outside an army recruitment center, and listlessly gathering his resolve to walk to Jonas's house, despite being woefully underprepared to fight the Viet bots. 
There are a few feelings as disappointing as not receiving what you want. And Wait a minute, voice. I definitely learned a lesson this time. Oh? What's that, Nathan? Guns are not nearly as readily available as they should be. They should have vending machines or something, and the army's definitely not a very fun game. At least it really seems to make that guy grumpy. I don't believe you sometimes, Nathan. Anyway, there are few firearms as portable as the handgun, and few people are encouraged to use them as often as those in the army. Perhaps you too will shoot somebody before our next lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten. In that lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten, the narrator was Jack Kunrat, Nathan Van Etten was Mickey Weishner, and Sergeant Jeffries was Charles Berman. Thank you, Rory. Thank you, Rory. And, uh, wow, we do have a lot of stuff to get through. Uh, we have a couple of letters here to read. And uh, but before we, we get to those letters, let me just remind you, please write to us. Please, please write to us at castinwax at gmail.com. That's castinwax at gmail.com. You can write to us. We will answer your emails on the air. Uh, they are things that we love to get. We got a couple. So we're going to read them right now. Is that good, June? That's absolutely fine. Can I ask, would you be interested in reading some of these letters for us? Sure. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's have you do so. Here you go. All right. Uh, dear Frank Allen. Oh, that's for me. Uh, yes. I didn't listen to the last uh, la- last cast in Wax show. show. Um, I'm just uh, sorry. Um, oh, yeah. Th- he, he writes really. Uh, I think it's written in crayon. So but just uh, do your best. OK. You should be able to get through it, I think. All right. Uh, I'll I'll try and um, account for the uh, say what it sounds like he means to say. Um, I didn't listen to the last cast in wax show because I was busy finger painting. But Nurse Robin said that you gave get Genma. I think Gen- it's Genma. I don't know for sure. That you gave Genma away to your asses. Assistant. As, as, assistant. He's, I, yes, I did. He's talking about, he sent me a dog named Genma, and I gave it to my assistant because I was not really aware that he was a talking dog. Okay, cool. Can we just... Why does your assist, assistant, why does your assistant need a talking dog? Maybe Robin didn't hear you right. I don't think you'd give Genma away because that would be mean and naughty. Well, Frank Allen, I- no, I uh, well, and you're the only one on cast in wax who isn't naughty. Right. Well, Jordan sounded very happy to hear that you'd never been naughty with anyone ever. So I don't believe you would start being naughty now. <laughs> he's saying you never had sex with anyone. You're a virgin. No, that's not what he's saying. Okay. Anyhow, Genma is really sensitive. So if you did give him away, he might say that you have to apologize if you want to see him again. That means saying you're sorry. Robin says we have to say sorry when we do something mean or naughty to someone. You never say sorry, but I guess that's because you're never naughty with anyone. And I'm sure if you were ever naughty or mean, you would say sorry. I'm pretty confident that if Frank Allen ever slept with anyone, he'd have to apologize afterwards. That's not what there's that's not what he's saying. I think that that's That's not what he's saying. He's talking about being a, like a bad person. Okay, Genma wasn't always a dog. He what? was a regular person with really big eyes practicing martial arts in China when he fell into cursed pool of drowned basset hound. That's very bizarre. Um 
At least that's what he tells us. I sometimes think he just made it up to tell us a silly story because I fell into cursed pool of drowned retard and haven't changed at all. That's oh, inappropriate. that's not, yeah. What is that? supposed to mean I, that i don't i don't know speaking of stories rory jordan said yes. you could tell me a story to cheer me up because you tell people stories to cheer them up when they have a problem well sure that's i mean that's a simplification but all right my problem is i'm sad because pornco's asshole watch started doing better than frank's investigativa tiba invest investigativa variety show because they have all of these videos of cat Holes. I don't know, maybe if Frank Allen's show had cat assholes, they would do better. But I don't like watching cat assholes that sounds kind of naughty. Maybe some other assholes. Neil says Frank could have Rick Santorum on, and that would be enough asshole for anybody. But Robin says Rick Santorum was on Cast in Wax. I... did you really? I guess that's just another naughty thing Cast and Wax is doing. It's a good thing Frank Allen is on the show. It's the only reason all of us exceptional people are watching, like he said. Gonna go put away the Lincoln Logs now. Bye bye, love, Davy. Yeah, we had we had Rick Santorum on last episode. He was uh, he was you paid for him. He was that was Rory's special guest. Yes, it was very nice of him. I only had to pay him ten thousand dollars for the appearance. So it was, it, but he is you know as you know a, a presidential hopeful. So uh, it was a very good get. As they say. Personally, um, there's there's a lot of talk about this this dog, and yeah. I don't I don't know how I, I feel about it because I feel somewhat sorry for this this dog because I wonder why the dog thinks that he sh needs to pretend that he used to be a person in order to gain respect in the circles of um, hanging out with. Davy, um, where's Davy? Uh, I think he's in England somewhere. I don't remember. Look, he mailed me the dog. I don't know, like FedEx or something. The, the point is, I thought it was just a stupid dog. I don't want a dog. You know, I got to take care of it and stuff. So I gave it to my assistant, but it turns out it's a talking dog. I could have put him on my show. And now he's talking about, well, I could have, I could have animal assholes on my show. Well, I could if I had the dog, but I don't. Why would you want to have animal assholes on your show? Because they make, because people want to see the of animals. That's completely inappropriate. No, it's not. It makes people money. Do you, do you not know to Watch? It's I, a show. It's Now it's huge. A million views the last episode in one day because Scapes holes on there. That's completely inappropriate. Well, I, I agree. I mean, yes, that, that's my cat. And I don't think that, that Scape is on there voluntarily, as he, I oh, understand he's not. it. So I, I don't think that that's appropriate at all, and I would absolutely not support any um, program that would uh, support such a thing. But there's no law against it. That's terrible. You know, there's nothing I can do. I've talked to the police. They say... Uh, there's no law against kidnapping somebody's cat and oh, making yeah, yeah, yeah. sex videos of it? Well, because they're not having sex with the... They're just showing it. That's not. It's uh, it's softcore animal buttholes, and since animals are naked all the time, they feel like it's that's not. That's terrible. I know. I know. You know what? You know what, Mister White? I'm going to do something to help you. What? I feel like I, we need to find the backing of some kind of a politician or somebody who will be willing to fight for there to make laws against displaying animal holes against their will. Animals should have to consent to have their their naked holes shown on television programs, and that's a cause that I would really get behind. Well, I do know Rick Santorum. I could call him up and we That could... would be amazing. Yes, I think that get... I would, I would, you know, I have to admit, I was having some doubts about having Rick Santorum on the show initially, but I would feel so good about giving money to his campaign if he were to fight for the rights of animals to not have their 
holes exploited on television against their will. I know that he is not in favor of people marrying animals. That's an important point. But I think uh, right now, the right of humans to marry animals and the right of animals to marry humans, it's so rare that an animal would ever really want to marry a human in the first place that generally the... Um, People who support animal-human marriage are people who don't really communicate with animals and generally just want to have sexual relations with them against their will. I feel like it's a lot more important to support the rights that animals have to not become the subject of human-sexualized uh, stuff that they don't want to be a part of. Well, I mean, so you're saying you think if we can get him to back this and then we can elect Rick Santorum, it'll help me get Skate back? Yes, I do. If there were a law, if Rick Santorum would get behind the cause of preventing cat sexual abuse, then yes, I think that he could help escape. And I think that that's something I would support. Uh, all right. Yeah, let's let's do this. Let's make this happen. I, I want to get him back. Rory? Of course. You- I, I'll make the call. No problem. As soon as we're done with the show, I suppose, right? Absolutely. Well, um, okay, well then should- yeah, let's let's wrap it up. I, I got more letters. I mean, let me read this. Uh, Frank, you want to read the next one? Okay. Uh, yeah, here it goes. Uh, Dear Mr. White, I noticed that the last episode of your show contained an appearance by Rick Santorum. I wondered if you could put me in touch with him. We used to be very close, but since we broke up in 1989, I have not heard from him and, in fact, have been unable to reach him completely. I really miss him a lot. Thanks, Steve Orange. Oh, well, uh, we're going to call him anyway. We'll just, we can mention this to him, right? Sure. I mean, Rory? I mean, yes, uh, uh, sure. So Steve Orange? Okay, yeah, I'll I'll, ha- I'll have him mention, I'll say, you know, I, we got a letter from Steve Orange and he wants to, to see you, I, I, I suppose. You know. Good. Okay. Uh, we're making uh, connections all over the place. Next, uh, what else we got? Oh, uh, one more letter. Rory, can you read this one for me? Sure. Dear Jordan, hey, I know you are a pretty big skeptic and atheist and I really admire your work, so I thought I would write to you and ask if you wanted to come on my podcast one time. I am the host of Doubtfully Entertaining, the podcast where we talk about how much we should doubt things, but we do it in funny voices, so it makes it funny or entertaining. Anyway, nobody used to listen before, really. Well, a couple people did, because we got a few complaints about it being boring. But now we have this huge budget, because we got the grant from the Jules Bambi Instructional Society. This week we're doing the show live from Machu Picchu to show how the Incas believed in gods, and they should have doubted them more. And the guest will be Sir Paul McCartney, so we can ask him if he knows what John Lennon might have been thinking when he wrote Imagine. Anyway, want to come on sometime? We need people who could make the show more entertaining. Thanks, Edward Rex Florin. I mean, June, do you hear do you hear this? This guy uh, Yes, I hear that these are terrible people who want to undermine extra history. No, they didn't even mention extra history. I mean they're saying you should doubt things like we doubt extra history, but I'm saying they had a boring crappy show and now they're going live from Machu Picchu with Paul McCartney. That could have been me doing that. Jordan, my dear friend. I am, I understand, and, you know, I'm already doing so much to help you with caring about getting back your cat, but I, I'll, I feel genuinely somewhat a little bit upset that I, I didn't mean to harm your ability to get this grant from Jules Bambi. Okay. But if you'd like to record this day in history with Paul McCartney in Machu Picchu, I may be able to help well, that's you. Well, that's not, I don't even I know. I'm not... You don't have to thank me yet, but I do. I think that this is a great opportunity for us to get the word of extra history out if we could only find supporters like Paul McCartney to get to speak <sighs> uh, the truth and to let people know the truth about it. So I absolutely um, would be in favor of that. Yeah, fine, whatever. Rory set it up. I'm gladly, yes, no problem. <sighs> 
I mean, so far, you know, like, I will be honest, a lot of the, the celebrities that Rory's been getting are kind of lame. Rick Santorum aside, you know, he, he just had his, his stepfather. I don't, you, you know, his stepfather, Thomas Edison, his mother is married to Thomas Edison, right? Uh, but, but, so, wait, uh, that's not what, Roy, didn't I, I meet your mother? She was single, right? No, his mother is definitely married to Thomas Edison. We went and we met her. We met her. We were, at her, we were at her wedding. Day and, and Roy just introduced me to his mother. No, I'm sorry. That's, yes, there's some, <laughs> there's some confusion on that. Um, they're referring to my mother, um, Evelyn Sinjin, and she's married to uh, Thomas Edison. Yes, it's true. That's, remember, that's who I live with. I, I've told you that before. Remember, I live with Thomas Edison? Right, Thomas Edison. That's because my mother is married to, well, oh, I see what the confusion here is. <laughs> I, I actually have, uh, I have, um, I have about seven or eight women that I call my mother. Um, what it is, is my father, my father is a, 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 a notorious ladies man. And so throughout my childhood, um, he married quite a few women and, and, and I, I, I would grow up with them for a little while and I would call them all my mother. And I think of them, I hold them all very dear to my heart. So they're all just, to me, they're all just mother. You know, I, I just call them mother. And, and Ev- Evelyn is my, my most recent mother. Um, and then when, when Tom Edison broke up uh, his marriage to my mother, he 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 um, he married her, and I still think of her as my mother because, again, I think of them all as my mother. Really, doesn't that get confusing? Well, not for me. No, I just call them mother. Hello, mother. You know how are you? But when you talk about them to other people and you're saying my mother, well, people don't you, know. Well, but what difference? What difference does it make? They're not going to meet my mother, probably. I mean, that, uh, that's that's okay too. It's it's all. Wait, so so Evelyn is not your? Which one is your real mother? I, I you know I. I actually don't know. My, my father slept with so many women. It's it's impossible to say which one of them was my real mother, you know. I, I just always called them all mother, so I just figured to, in, in many well, ways they're all darling, equally, yes? I don't know if you, well, you you only came from one mother. Yes, but I didn't know who it was. My father slept with lots of women, like I said, lots of them. And he was, ma- everyone that I actually called mother, he was married to. And that leaves aside the ones he wasn't married to. I could have very well been actually born by a woman I've never met. But I, will, I, I have no way of knowing. You know? So the fact Doesn't is... Doesn't your father know? Well, Does we he not remember? We haven't talked about it. You know, I don't really understand how that would not come up. Well, because you know, I, I feel as though to ask would be to, to disrespect the mothers that I have. I love them all. I didn't want to hurt their feelings. So it's sensible, isn't it? Wait, so Evelyn's not your mother? Well, no, not technically, no. Because again, she's the most recent woman that my father married. So, well, she was at the time the most recent. He's actually remarried again. But at the time, she was the most recent woman. To, so definitely not. He hadn't met her until I I was, you know, somewhere around the age of, you know, 15, 16. So she's definitely not your mother. Unless there's some tryst from my youth that I don't recall that they, that they had and then forgot about, then no, she's definitely not my mother. Excellent. Okay, everybody, officially, I can say Frank Allen has never slept with anyone's mother. Wait, what? What? Why are you saying? Because remember, people used to say I was sleeping with Jordan's mother. I, I didn't. And I now I can say, guess what? I don't sleep with mothers. It's a policy. But how did you just find that out now? I'm just saying it's a fact that I'm stating. That, so, was that at all related? Nope. To nope. Wasn't related. I just thought I'd mention it. Because we were talking about mothers. So I was like, oh, speaking of mothers, that's all. But why? That's, no, I'm just, that's why. I just wanted to say that. So you, but you just realized it. No, I just was, uh, I just remembered is what it was. I just remembered. So but you just remember. Did you falsely remember something before? Well, he just said we were talking about mothers. So he probably was like, oh, speaking oh, of mothers. Yeah. Okay. All right, dear. Well, I mean, right, that makes sense, good, right? Yes. Yes, dear. It makes perfect sense. You're so smart. Uh, okay, so thank you all for listening to the podcast. Um, is there anything else, June, is there anything else you would like to say or, or talk about? I would like to say that this program was made possible by the June T. Loveburger Charitable Trust. Well, yeah, 
I mean, we already, I think we said that, didn't we? That's about it. Okay. Well, uh, here is, uh, oh, to, uh, to play us out, here's me with a new cover that I recorded for Ukulele is for Covers. Uh, it is the Van Halen song Jump, which I have long maintained is a song telling the listener to commit suicide, despite the fact that that's clearly not the case. But I've recorded it for myself, and I've kind of pretended that that is the case. Here you are, and I will be seeing you. You won't actually be seeing anything. Well, but that's in like if they look. Okay, fine. Might as well jump. Might as well.